edition of the Second and Goal Fantasy Podcast. I'm Calvin, your host, here with your co-host, Chris, the fantasy expert. And in today's show, we'll be discussing tight ends, defenses, and kickers, and we'll be previewing them for the 2020 fantasy season. So we've got our tight end, defense, and kicker rankings that we'll be giving you, and we'll giving, be giving you guys values, overvalues, undervalues, sleepers, busts, basically everything you need to know about tight ends, defenses, and kickers for the season. And we'll get started with that after a quick piece of news. Um, but I'm excited to be here. I got that uh, rush of the podcast is today and we're going to record. And now I'm very excited to be recording today. Yeah, me too. I, it's going to be a fun episode. I, I know you always get that rush, Calvin, and hopefully that comes comes true today. And I think it will. It's going to be a fun one. I love talking about these kind of smaller guys, but they can have such a big impact. Like the tight end position can win and lose you weeks because, I mean, and there's such a range of scores for them. Like the number one guys, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Mark Andrews are going to be so different versus like the, your number 12 guys who are Hayden Hurst, Austin Hooper, you know. So it's just – it's kind of – tight end is a fun position to talk about. Yeah, it's a very fun position. And it's not the only position we're talking about today either. Mm-hmm. So we'll get started. And we'll get started with the big piece of news that came out a couple days ago. And it has to do with the episode today because it's about a defense. Um, it's Jamal Adams has been traded to the Seahawks uh, for two first-round picks and a third-rounder. A One first-round pick was for 2022. And then the other first-rounder was for next year. Um, so And then in return, the uh, – Bradley McDougald was also traded to the Jets in return the Jets received Jamal Adams and a uh, or the Seahawks received Jamal Adams and a fourth round pick so Chris this is a huge trade but it was basically all but official after Adams called out Adam Gase for not being the right leader for the Jets' organization which we were both very happy about Mm -hmm. I'm glad that we're glad you know, you see star NFL players even agree with the second and goal fantasy podcast. I think that Jamal Adams, he didn't like play for the Jets and that's why he came up with that. He'd just been listening to the second and goal fantasy podcast. So that's how he came up, came to that conclusion that Adam Gase isn't very good, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, he was also trying to force a trade, but we helped him with that, giving him mm-hmm. material. Uh, in case you guys didn't know for any new listeners that are coming in, we've had a lot of them lately. Um, Adam Gase is our uh, guy that we basically – insult his coaching ability every single episode because we do not respect his coaching ability. Um, so we'll get started. And so we'll, we've got tight ends to go to. And the top of the tight end position is very interesting because for most positions, I think it's really like a pretty obvious number one, like for quarterback, clearly Lamar Jackson. For mm-hmm. running back, clearly Christian McCaffrey. For wide receiver, it's clearly Michael Thomas. But for tight end, it's not so clear. And Chris and I have a different answer on this. So Chris, is it Travis Kelsey or George Kittle at number one? For me, it's Travis Kelsey. I can see why you would say George Kittle, but I think that Travis Kelsey is in too high-powered of an offense. I really like Patrick Mahomes. He has a big arm, and the uh, Andy Reid loves to use his tight ends. Travis Kelsey runs a lot of seam routes, and he's always open in the red zone. He gets a lot. I feel like he's open for touchdowns a lot. And I mean, I say that because in past years he has uh, been really good in the red zone. Last year he struggled a little bit catching touchdowns, but he had a ton of yards, but he's always getting thrown to in the red zone. I think he had a ton of red zone targets, just wasn't able to corral as many as I think he could have. But uh, I think that Travis Kelsey is really tight end. He's been at the top of the league for multiple years now, and I think that that's going to continue. Yeah, I mean, I think he's going to be at the top of the league, but he's going to be my number two tight end because I've got Kittle at one. And there's a couple of reasons for this. Number one, George Kittle was playing with an injury last year, and he still was able to put up – he missed two games. He put up exactly the same amount of points per game that Travis Kelsey had, which is huge. I mean, for a guy who's playing with an injury, that's insane. George Kittle's just an absolute monster. Kelsey's getting older. George Kittle's just heading right into his prime. Also, Kittle early in the year had a couple of touchdowns called back for penalties. I think he should see an uptick 
taken touchdowns because he hasn't had that many over the past couple of years. So I think he should get a slight uptick there as well. And that should boost him above Kelsey. I wouldn't be shocked to see Travis Kelsey be the number one tight end. But for me, if you're drafting tight ends high, I would go Kittle and get the better value, especially since Kelsey's going mm-hmm. higher than Kittle in fantasy drafts. My Another problem that I have with Kittle and why I can't put him ahead of Kelsey uh, is I think that the 49ers are a little bit too run heavy. George Kittle's in for a lot of snaps as a run blocker. And I think that as Raheem Mostert gets away, a smaller guy that's a lot more elusive, they're going to need more blockers up front to get people like Tevin Coleman uh, open to run. And I think that George Kittle is going to be pass blocking a lot. I know that I've heard that he loves pass blocking. That's actually one of his favorite parts of the game. I mean, not run blocking. It's actually one of his favorite parts of the game, and he really enjoys it and almost as much as he does catching passes. So I think that uh, Kyle Shanahan likes to play him there, and he's a really good blocker too. So that's also kind of a reason for me to be deterred from putting him at number one. But I do think that he's really talented, and I think if they were to swap places, like if Travis Kelsey were to come to the uh, 49ers and Kittle were to go to the uh, – can't – were to go to was to go to Kansas City, then I think that Kittle would obviously be their number one. So for me, it's just a a situation decision. Okay, I mean, I just for me last year, I feel like the numbers don't lie, and the numbers show them being exactly the same with Kittle having an injury and getting a bit I unlucky. Mean, but but Kittle did have in might have injury risk. I mean, he struggled with foot injuries. I know that. So. I mean, yeah, but he seems fully recovered. I think he's more durable than people think. I know, but, but foot injuries are an injury that always comes back to haunt, like, NFL players. So I think that that could be some trouble. I mean, okay. I mean, that's, that's it's fair. It's possible. But I think I like his upside a lot more. And, again, I wouldn't be surprised if Kelsey finishes number one. So, I mean, now that we've got that out of the way, we've got Kelsey and Kittle flip-flopped. And for number three, I've got Mark Andrews on the Baltimore Ravens. And Mark Andrews really broke out in a big way last year. He sort of started declining at the end of the year last year. But, I mean, he was still putting up solid fantasy numbers with Lamar Jackson at the helm. He's Lamar Jackson's favorite target. There's really no one to compete there for targets. And um, for tight ends, if they get the targets, if they have guys – if they have their quarterback throwing to them frequently – they will be automatically basically in the elite tier. Andrews is talented. He loses Nick Boyle, who sort of took up a few targets here and there. He also lost and Hayden, Hayden Hurst. Hurst. Yeah, yeah Hayden exactly. Hurst. Oh, wait, no, he doesn't lose Nick Boyle. I meant he lost Hayden Hurst, but not Nick Boyle. So he loses Hayden Hurst, who definitely even, took some targets. Even Nick Boyle isn't going to take many targets from a super talented guy like Mark Andrews. And we yeah, saw I mean, Nick, that Lamar Nick Jackson Boyle's didn't more, really like throwing to Nick Boyle that much last year. Yeah, Nick Boyle's more of a run-blocking guy, though. So, um, yeah, I think – but Mark Andrews should be a solid guy. I don't know, Chris, where you have him. Do you have him at number three? Yeah, I have him at number three as well. All right. Nice. So, yeah, I guess we agree on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, basically my reasoning is just target monster, gets a lot of yards, very talented. And tight end, it, it's – like I said, tight end – a tight end being a target monster is just so rare. Mm-hmm. So, it's like – It really happens, is, yeah. You've got to pick up on it. Mm-hmm. But So, my number four guy – is actually Darren Waller, who's another target monster. It's just uh, with the addition of Henry Ruggs over in uh, Oakland, yes, that may not help him in terms of the tar- target share sometimes, but keep in mind that Darren Waller's target share was going down a lot last year because he was really the only guy there who mm-hmm. was catching passes, so he was being double-covered. Henry Ruggs is going to prevent defenses from being able to double-cover Waller, and since Waller's such an athletic guy, he's, I, should, I think his production may increase from last year. Yeah, Waller might be one of the most talented tight ends in the league. So while he might not be in the greatest situation with Derek Carr at the helm, but I think uh, 
he's insanely talented, like you said, very athletic, and he's going to catch a lot of passes, especially in half PPR, which is what we cover. I mean, we played a standard league last year. We made the switch this year, and Waller was good in standard. I mean, he was very good, mm-hmm. very good. Calvin had him on his team, and uh, I think that now in half PPR, he's going to be even better. He's going to get so many passes, and those are all going to turn into points. Yeah, exactly. Half half point PPR we think is the ideal mode or the ideal uh, fantasy rule change. The ideal fantasy rule is half point points per reception. So like PPR again, points per reception means every time a player catches a pass, they get an extra point. We think that to have full point PPR values wide receivers too much and standard values running backs too much. So we settled in the middle at half point PPR, which we, we would recommend to all the listeners if they're starting their own league or continuing a league and want to change something. Um, so, yeah, that's our top four. Our top four are exactly the same, but at number five, we get a little bit different. Chris, I'll let you start with your number five. Yeah, at number five, I've got Evan Ingram, and this is contingent on him staying healthy, which I think that he can do. I just – it worries me. So it's really close competition with him at five and uh, – or two I have at six, but the top four is pretty much settled for me. Then it becomes a different tier with five through kind of seven, I think. So – the thing with Evan Ingram is he is insanely talented. He's, he's very similar to Darren Waller and how athletic he is. Uh, Evan Ingram is just – he Daniel Jones likes to throw to him. He had multiple long touchdown runs. I think he – I remember some stat that he had, like, run one of the fastest, I mean, sprints, like, on one of his long touchdown passes. I think he was over 20 miles per hour running. So he's a really fast guy. That was, like, one of the fastest in the league, not just by tight end, but including wide receivers in that statistic. And – I think that when he's healthy, he's definitely number five, maybe even number four. When he's healthy, I think he's number mm-hmm. five for me. But he, I just – that health issue. I mean, the Giants really don't – I mean, he's, year after year, he's just been getting hurt. There was a Giants source who said a while back that he didn't think Evan Ingram could ever stay healthy. It's just – and that's a Giants source saying that. So I think there's not really much optimism around there for his health. And um, yes, his and his foot is going to be nagging at him. I think for a while. Yeah, but I mean, you you can't you can't come back and say the foot thing right after George Kittle takes a foot injury. So it's kind of okay. But I mean, it, Ingram's a different story. Kittle was yes, he was banged up all year, but he was trying to play through it. They could have gotten it fixed, and he would have been fine. He was trying to play through it, and then at the end of the year, it got bad because he tried to play through it. Then they got to fix it up in the off season. He seems fine. Ingram has just been getting out with multiple different things. He's been out and into the lineup for couple years now and so yeah that's just why for me okay I think he will you agree that he has the talent to maybe be top four maybe be top four I would say five okay so yeah I think we we don't disagree on that too much and um I think I think it's it's more that I think that Ingram is a little bit more talented if he does stay healthy than Calvin does and I think that there's a little bit less injury risk than Calvin values but I know you Calvin value injury risk very heavily when you're making your ranking yeah I mean it depends on the guy I mean Dalvin Cook I always worry about with the injury risk but since he's got a good handcuff in Alexander Madison mm-hmm. backing him up in Minnesota I think he should be fine or not fine but mostly fine the holdout though is the other thing to worry about I mean I don't know is, is it we'll see if he holds out into the season that will be something we definitely keep an eye on as the summer progresses mm-hmm. so yeah number five for me is Chris isn't gonna like this it's Zach Ertz I don't, I don't I know mind. Chris, I, have, I have Ertz at six, so. Okay, well, I mean, I know Chris doesn't like doesn't like Ertz that much, and neither do I. I think Ertz is a little bit overvalued just because they've got in, – in Philadelphia, there are two very talented tight ends, uh, Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. 
And Goddard is definitely going to be taking some targets from Ertz. Definitely. And like I said, they're both very talented, maybe almost equally as talented. Just that's how good Goddard is. The Chiefs, or not the Chiefs, the Eagles really loved Goddard last year. They threw to him a lot. And I think he'll be taking away more targets from Ertz than people think. And Ertz is still a very talented player. But you saw last year, they were almost getting 50-50 split, a 50-50 split in terms of production late in the year. Ertz should retain his top-tier tight end status. Goddard will take a little bit of a hit because of the Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson returning and Jalen Rager out of TCU being drafted at wide receiver. But for me, Ertz is still a good tight end. He's just not in that top four. So I have him at five, but he's pretty far back of a, a pretty far back of a guy like Darren Waller for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I kind of agree with, with you on Ertz. I think that Dallas Goddard, I, I think that at the beginning of the season, it's going to be Ertz, but as the season progresses, we're going to see Goddard take over what I think will eventually become a 50, 50 split. Yeah. Or maybe some, probably and, something. And the close. Eagles like to use their tight ends. I mean, we've seen Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard, even when Goddard wasn't getting a full 50, 50% workload. He was still putting up really good fantasy numbers and uh, Carson Wentz likes to throw to his tight end. So I think if Carson Wentz is healthy, that will also help a lot. Yeah. It, it, and Carson Wentz should be staying healthy I and mean, he stayed healthy last year and his receivers are finally back. So, I mean, that'll open up space for him, but the target share may decrease. So I dropped him in a little bit in the rankings after the Eagles drafted Jalen Rager. And um, since all their targets are returning. So number six for me is Tyler Higby. And Tyler Higby will probably – last year, and if you were following fantasy at all, you know that in the final five games, Tyler Higby was just putting up like 100 yards every single game on like nine receptions or basically every time. Yes, he won't, he won't put up those same numbers next year, and he's a very tough guy to predict. But he's proven himself in the Rams' offense. Gerald Everett is coming back to compete with him at tight end. But keep in mind that the Rams also lost Brandon Cooks and that during the end of the season they transitioned to an offense that was more friendly to Higby's fantasy value than to – maybe like Cook's fantasy, Cook's, Brandon Cook's fantasy value. So Tyler Higby, because, because they were throwing to the tight end more, I think he'll soak up more of those tight end receptions than Gerald Everett, and he should be a solid mid-tier tight end one. Not as good as he was last year. If he keeps up that pace, he's top five. But he won't keep up that pace, so he should be. If he keeps up that pace, he's number one. Oh, yeah, I guess he probably would be. I wonder if he – he may have been on pace to be number one through those five games. So, yeah. but anyway. definitely would have. I mean, that was insane numbers. He was putting up 20 points a game, 10 receptions, 100 – or no, not 20 points. Uh, when he scored points. a touchdown, it's like 20. Yeah, when he scores a touchdown, it's like 20 points. And he was – so he – 10 receptions for – or not – he didn't only – I don't know if he hit 100 every – or I don't know if he had 10 receptions every game, but like – he had like nine that. So maybe like 13 a- points and then one or two games he had a touchdown. So that's like an average of 15 points over the last five games. And that would have easily been the best. I mean, mm-hmm. easily for tight ends. Yeah, it would have. I think um, but th- he's definitely going to drop off from that some, especially since Cooper Cup should get more involved in the offense come next year mm-hmm. just because he's so talented. And uh, we'll see yeah, what the that's, Rams – that's kind of a situation for me, Tyler Higby. I think that there are too many weapons for Jared Goff to throw to. But the thing is, I don't trust Jared Goff throwing to any of them. And now that he has to split it up to so many people, you've got Gerald Everett coming back and Gerald Everett, remember was the number one tight end before he got injured. So if Sean McKay still likes Gerald Everett, he might go back to him. You know, if Tyler Higby comes out of the gate and stumbles the first two weeks, we might see Gerald Everett return as the number one, even if he isn't starting week one. So there's a lot of things that could go wrong. And I feel like the Rams aren't just going to give up on Everett so quickly. 
Yeah, I mean, that's why I'm tempering expectations. And having him as a sixth guy, just because I'm not really that excited about the next two I have in my rankings, but he's definitely he's probably a bit far, pretty, pretty far back of the top four guys in the top four elite tier. So, uh, Chris, I guess you have Ertz at six and five. You said Ingram, right? Yeah. Okay. So who's your number seven guy? My number seven is a guy that I really like next year, and that's Jared Cook. I think that he's going to be an absolute target monster. I think that uh, I think that he's going to do a good job of clogging up the middle, and I think that uh, he's kind of going to be the top guy there with uh, Michael Thomas. So I remember towards the end of the season, he was getting red zone targets. I had Michael Thomas on my team, so I'd watch a lot of the Saints games. Or I'd even just watch that game cast, you know, on the ESPN app and just see what's going on mm-hmm. or on the uh, ESPN fantasy app. And I just saw Jared Cook getting so many targets in the red zone, just so many targets. Like there were so many throws that were going to him. And I just kept on looking at his stats and he was doing better and better. He gets a lot of receptions. He's not crazy on the touchdown side, but he does get a lot of receptions and he's very consistent, which I like. I feel like he is crazy on the touchdown side, but and gets a, some receptions. Like, I mean, yes, he gets a ton of red zone targets. If there's one guy where you can argue that touchdowns aren't a fluke, it's Jared Cook, just because he is the guy who gets thrown to in the red zone. He mm-hmm. didn't get fluky yeah. touchdowns last year. He'll continue those this year. If a tight end scores a touchdown in their game, they basically are guaranteed a good fantasy game. And even though he wasn't catching that many passes, I think he should still be pretty good. I have him at number nine just because of the addition of Emmanuel Sanders and fourth-round pick out of Dayton. Adam Troutman at tight end, and then Sanders at wide receiver uh, sort of hurts Cook's value, but he should get some targets. He'll still rack up eight or nine touchdowns next year, I would say, and become the number nine tight end for me. Yeah, I don't think that Troutman is going to play too big of a role. We haven't seen it. I mean, first-rounders like TJ Hawkinson haven't done anything, and I don't think a fourth-round pick Adam Troutman, who many scouts had kind of falling down their board, is going to have much of an impact. Yeah, that's fair to say. I mean, Troutman could be a red zone target, though. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I'm down on Cook, but I'm just a little more down on him than you are. Yeah, Troutman was more of a possession tight end, though, so that could be a little bit of trouble because obviously they'll be possession tight ends tend to be playing in the red zone a little bit more. But I don't think that this is the year when he does that. And if he does, it's going to be very minimal snaps. Yeah, I mean, it, it's he's a fourth rounder for a reason. So, and, and not very strong tight end class this year. So, yeah, I mean, I have Ingram at number seven, which we already talked about. Number eight for me is Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry, he came back from his injury, and yes, he was solid. He wasn't very – he didn't excite me, but he's a fine tight end one if you're waiting on tight end. Just I would be wary of his injury mm-hmm. risk. He's yeah. not really going over or undervalued in drafts. Nobody's really hyping him up like they were before. He's pretty good. And it's not, we know it's not that hard to get a high rank in fantasy. I mean, Jason Witten was the number 12 tight end last year. Um, so it's not that hard to be a good fantasy tight end. But, I mean, yeah, if, if Hunter Henry is just a solid guy. Watch out for the injury risk. But he should be fine slotting it at number eight as a just consistent guy that you can mm-hmm. trust. I actually totally agree with you. I don't think I could have said it better. Uh, nine, I've got Higby, who I already talked about a little bit. Who do you have at nine, Calvin? Uh, I have Cook at nine. So did we already? Oh, yeah. I guess we already went through our complete top nine. Who do you have at eight? I have Hunter Henry. The same. Oh as you. right, yeah. That's why. Yeah, that's why I agree. Uh, at ten, I have Hooper, and Hooper's interesting. I think that he's gonna have a role. I just don't. I'm not willing to put him high because I don't know what that role is gonna look like. Yeah, Austin Hooper, of course, signed with the Browns in the offseason. Uh, he's my number 12 tight end just because, like, you talk about all the weapons in different places like the Los Angeles. I see all the weapons in Cleveland definitely hurting him. Odell Beckham Jr.'s target share should increase, or maybe not increase, but 
Well, first of all, Kevin Stefanski, the new coach in Cleveland, will definitely be running the ball a lot. That's been his philosophy to run the ball, mm-hmm. and he's got running backs in Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt to do so. Kareem Hunt, we know, catches a lot of passes out of the backfield. Jarvis Landry will take up some targets when they are passing. Odell Beckham Jr., his target share out of all the wide receivers should increase is what I mean because like he should be getting more more targets uh, relative to Landry than mm-hmm. he was last year just because Freddie Kitchens was not using him correctly yeah. and uh, May- May- Baker Mayfield was not throwing to him at all. Odell Beckham Jr. should see a bit of a bounce back season this year. And um, yeah, it's just for me, Austin Hooper doesn't have much space to function. He'll get some targets, he'll get some catches, but he won't be that number one guy like he was in mm-hmm. Atlanta. If he was staying in Atlanta, he might be top five tight end um, yeah. next year. But right now he's just, for me, back at number 12. Yeah, Baker Mayfield has never really shown too much love for the tight end position. When David Njoku, who was there, who I actually think David Njoku is a little bit more talented than some people think, he didn't really throw to him much, and they didn't really have a tight end involved in their game plan. So I think that that's might impact him, but I think that Austin Hooper is very talented, so that kind of counteracts the situation of it. Yeah, I was a little higher on Hooper earlier in the offseason, but Me then too. I tempered my expectations a little. Um, Yeah, I guess – yeah, David Njoku, I think he requested a trade, but I don't know if he has been traded yet. I don't think he'll be much of a factor, though. He never really was. He got hurt a lot, too. So don't really worry about David Njoku, the backup tight end over there in your leaks. Uh, so number 10, you have Hooper. Number My number 10 is Mike Gesicki on the Miami Dolphins. I, I like that pick, Calvin. I, I, I have him a little bit lower, but I really like uh, Gesicki at 10. I think that's a good pick. Yeah, he's one of my favorite tight ends. I've got a lot of sleeper tight ends this year, and Gesicki is one. Just because late last season, he was definitely breaking out. He was starting to break out. Yes, Preston Williams was out. But when Preston Williams comes back, the number two wide receiver in Miami, I think Gesicki's target share may go down a little. But I think it should, for the most part, actually maybe even stay the same. I might not even say it goes down at all just because he's proven he can be a staple in that offense, mm-hmm. even with Ryan Fitzpatrick there. If Tua Tagovailoa comes in, I think he's one of the more talented quarterbacks we've seen drafted in a while. It's just his injury risk has hurt him. Gesicki should be, could be helped by that too. Uh, it doesn't take a ton of fantasy points to get to number 10. And last year we saw he was putting up consistently decent numbers. So I think that's a fair spot, especially since I'm concerned about the guy behind him. Yeah, I agree. I I agree with you. I really like Mike Kosicki next year. Uh, so you have Kosicki at ten. You have Hooper at eleven. I think Is I have Hooper right? at twelve. There's a guy in between 12. them that I'll talk about. I have uh, Goddard at eleven. Oh, okay. whoa! I, that's a little high for me, but I mean, you can back it up. I'm telling you, I really like Goddard. I mean, I kind of talked about it earlier, but. I think that the thing is Carson Wentz likes to throw to his tight ends. And I think that the Eagles are going to realize how talented Goddard is. And I think that he's going to move into a 50, 50 split towards the end of the season and maybe take over the majority of the offense because Zach Ertz, as much as I don't like to say, he kind of struggled it from a fantasy standpoint and an NFL standpoint at times last year. I mean, he wasn't getting that many catches like that. He wasn't being thrown to that much. And I feel like towards the end of the season, Zachert struggled a little bit, and then we just saw Dallas Goddard getting target after target after target. And so I think that part of that is going to carry over to next year. For me, it will carry over. I think the split will carry over. But I'm just more worried about the Philly wide receivers. I have Goddard at 15 just because of Alshon Jeffrey, Jalen Rager, Deshaun Jackson, either new additions or coming back from injury this year. And I think they will – I'll take some targets from Carson Wentz, who will probably spread the ball around, run the ball himself. They've got a good running back in Miles Sanders. Not a great running back, but a good running back. So I'm a little bit worried about the target share for tight ends in general. I'm not worried that Goddard won't take some from Ertz. I think he definitely will. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, at 12, I've got Kasiki, who I said I like. I basically agree with everything you said. I just, they're just, I just like people. I just like Dallas Goddard more. That's kind of why I don't. And then mm-hmm. I like Austin Hooper a little bit more. Uh, then at 13, I've got Doyle. Here's one to, oh, why I'll say. We, why don't we discuss Doyle? Okay. Yeah. Doyle's an interesting player. I kind of like Doyle. Jack Doyle, yes. Um, from the Indianapolis Colts, in case you were not Phillip sure. Philip Rivers loves to throw to his tight ends. Yep. That's a good thing. And uh, I think that he's just going to get targets and he's going to sneakily be a, a consistent player who gets maybe not a lot of touchdowns, but he's going to get a lot of catches. Yeah, definitely. I think he was, his touchdowns were strangely absent for a while, partly because of Eric Ebron, but I don't know if he's the best in the red zone. I think he'll get a decent amount of targets, enough to support being number 14. Um, my number 11 guy, I'll talk about my number 13 guy and why he's ahead of Doyle, but my number 11 is Rob Gronkowski. I just have him this low because he's taken a year off of football. He's now in Tampa Bay with Tom Brady. Yes, he's got a good situation, but Tom Brady's got two star wide receivers to throw to as well, and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. So his targets might go down from that. I'm sure Brady and Gronk will still have some chemistry, but Gronk is just not the player he used to be. And don't forget about his big injury risk throughout his career. He kept, he was basically constantly hurt in his later career, or at least banged up. So he was never really producing at his full level and a year off from football certainly doesn't help. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I actually, I agree with everything you said, but plus I would like to add on that. I mean, I've heard from NFL sources that, the rest of the teams in the, in the division with the uh, Bucks, they don't think that Rob Gronkowski is going to have be much of a factor. I mean, the Titans sign or the uh, not the Titans, the uh, man I'm blanking. The Bucks signed him, but I just feel like it was kind of a Tom Brady forced signing. I don't think that he's going to be able to rebound like people think, and I don't think that he's going to come back. I think this is going to be a Michael Jordan re-entry back into the NBA in 2008 to the Wizards. I don't think anything's going to eight. Or was he? It was what like year? early 2000s. I mean, I'm not Jordan was, but. I mean, I'm not going to say it's, I'm going to say it's not like Jordan because Jordan was still putting up 20, 25 points a game for a few years. He wasn't the same Jordan that he was. That's, that's exactly what I'm saying. I think he's going to, he's not, he's not going to be the same. He's still going to put up a solid enough points to put him at number 15, but it's not going to be that good. Okay. So wait, where do you have him? I have a 15. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's lower than I have him actually. Um, a lot of people have him around like the 10 range. So I guess you'd be a little more down on him than most people, mm-hmm. but my number 13 guy, this is why I have this guy ahead of Doyle Hayden Hurst, who left the Baltimore Ravens to go to the Falcons. Uh, and now he'll fill a role that Austin Hooper sort of filled in Matt Ryan's offense, just because, I mean, Matt Ryan, yes, he's got Julio Jones. He's got Calvin Ridley too, but Calvin Ridley has never been that target monster mainly because Julio Jones has been that target monster but we saw Austin Hooper able to put up tons of great numbers in Atlanta and I'm not saying Hayden Hurst will do the same thing but I think he could get very close I'm really excited for him next year I think I'm definitely gonna make it a point to draft Hayden Hurst in my fantasy draft basically no matter what just because he's vastly underrated vastly undervalued he could easily be a top 10 uh, tight end He's got top 10 upside. Just keep that in mind because if you're waiting on tight end, he's a solid guy to draft as a, like you're, if you're getting the 12 and 13 guy, maybe you take a uh, low upside guy and Jared cook or something at number nine, or I'm trying to think who would, who would you think pairs well with him? Maybe Hunter Henry, who's just there. Then you've got Hayden Hurst. Who's a good um, backup breakout. Even like, even if you actually, I wouldn't, want to go Tyler Higby because I feel like they're both very boom or bust, I kind of. Yeah, I would say I think, 
I like maybe someone like Hunter Henry or Jared Cook too. I think that those are both very consistent, or for the most part, they're very consistent, and they're guys that you kind of know what you're going to probably get from them in 2020. And then you have Hayden Hurst who could boom. So yeah, and and they're guys that you can both get them pretty close. So you're not getting a really good tight end, and then you're getting another good tight end, and you're wasting two pretty high picks on tight ends. But they're both mid tier guys, that, so you can save some of your earlier picks, pick up someone like Hunter Hunter Henry, and then still get a boom candidate in Hayden Hurst. Which yeah, I like. Exactly. The thing with Hayden Hurst is I really like him. There's just I don't. There are just guys that I like a little bit more. I have him at 16. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna make this change up right now during the show. I'm gonna bump Gronk down to 16, and I'm gonna move Hurst up to 15. Oh, okay. I respect the pick. I mean, I'm trying to think. I might move Hurst up in my rankings even higher than 13. Like I'm very excited about him for next year. I mean, he hasn't proven himself a ton in the NFL. But 13's a, I think he's going around 14, 15 range. If you can get him at 13, that's still good. And um, I would be perfectly fine with that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I just – I think um, – we maybe, do Chris, do you want to run down the rest of our rankings and stop it? Interesting guys that we want to talk about. Yeah, sure. Uh, hmm. Right. I've got at, – uh, so at 15, I've got Hayden Hur- – or at 14, I've got Eric Ebron. Okay. So, oh, wow, that's I, I, high. Yeah, I really like Ebron next year. I mean, he's – I think that he's going to soak up a lot of targets. Ben Roethlisberger has always done a good job of throwing to his tight ends. That's why someone like Vance McDonald was rated so high. And then once uh, he got injured, the younger quarterbacks didn't really look to McDonald. He didn't really have a role in the offense at all. But I think that Eric Ebron is going to totally take that over. I think that Vance McDonald is going to step out. And I think that Ebron is more talented than people. Um, yeah, yeah, I think McDonald will still probably have a role, though. That's why, I mean, yeah, that's, more of a t- that's, why, that's why I don't have him as, like, a top 12. Though, I mean, Ebron's, I- like, a t- t- number 21 for me. He's more of a touchdown guy for me. He's a good boomer bust pick at the end of your draft, but I wouldn't be, like, looking for him at 14. That's what I sort of disagree with. I would. I think that he has the talent to be there. I Actually, I wouldn't be looking for him at 14 because I think that you can get him later, and it would be a bit of a – a reach to get him at 14, but I think that he's going to end up being 14. So he's a guy to look for. I'll talk about him in a minute too. Uh, at 15, I've got Hurst, 16 Gronk, who I've already talked about. Calvin, what are, what's your 14, 15, and 16? 14 is Doyle. 15 is Goddard. 16, I've got Kyle Rudolph, who has one of the highest floors for any tight end. Mm-hmm. He's got a, just a solid amount. He's going to get the, some targets. He probably won't have any increase in targets. He might have a slight decrease with Irv Smith there. But we've yeah. seen Rudolph able to put up consistent targets, yards, and touchdowns week after week just because Cousins likes to look to him. He has basically no upside, but he's got a nice floor, which is enough for me if you've got a boomer bust guy to maybe put him as a solid backup tight end because he can perform like a backup tight end, a solid guy each and every week, and you can trust him. He won't really break out I don't think but he's got a very high floor with the targets that are going to be there with the, with the really high floor I feel like he was very touchdown dependent last year well I mean he's got a good he's got a good rapport with Kirk Cousins he's got the consistent targets there yeah he's I, got I the red zone targets Irv Smith might take over more of the of the role like from a non-red zone standpoint I feel like Kyle Rudolph could be a little bit red zone uh like patchy or not patchy uh what's the word I don't know. I'm thinking of some kind of word, uh, a little spotty on different weeks on kind of his targets, but I think that it could be pretty good. It's possible, but I think he's got a nice like base where he can't really go lower than a few targets. Maybe mm-hmm. I have him at 20. So I'm not saying that I don't like Kyle Rudolph. I mean, obviously I'd like him to put it. 
I'm at 20. I think that's higher than most people have. But I think that he's a little bit too touchdown dependent for my liking. Okay. I mean, I have him at 16. Um, I just think, yeah, he's, he's, I like him a lot better than mo- most people do. So you can find him. I think he's even going on and drafted mm-hmm. in some leagues. So you can yeah. find him at the end of your draft as a, just a high floor guy. He's a nice value either mm-hmm. way. Definitely is. Okay. At 17, I've got Hawkinson. Yeah. 18, I've, I've got Fant. I've got them flip-flopped. So I, well, we could just, let's just read. These are the, both. They're, these are both guys that we don't really like, Hawkinson and Fant. They're both younger guys, but I don't think that they're as talented as some people chalk them up to be. And I think that their situations are awful. There's tons of injury risk with Matthew Stafford for Hawkinson. And I don't really like Drew Locke as a quarterback. And Drew Locke is also going to be throwing to so many other guys. He's a much more talented core of wide receivers than he does in Noah Fant. So I think that he's going to be looking that way a lot more. I mean, I'm not saying they're not talented. I just think that with Fant, it's he had one good game, and fantasy analysts mm-hmm. are hyping him up yeah. with a bad quarterback, with Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, and Cortland Sutton to take targets, with Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay, two very mm-hmm. talented running backs in the yeah. running game. I don't really see how Noah Fant can have a role in that offense at all, when he, especially when he didn't last year. The same with Hawkinson. Hawkinson never really got it going. Instead, they looked to Kenny Galladay. They looked to Marvin Jones in Detroit. They ran – oh, they didn't run the ball that much. But there just wasn't enough to I go mean, around for Hawkinson. I think they're planning to run the ball more, though, because they drafted someone like DeAndre Swift. I mean, Kerryon Johnson was a suitable guy for the offense that they were running, but I think that they're looking to run the ball more now. And they showed that by drafting DeAndre Swift. They want someone that can run at a, a proficient level better than what Kerryon Johnson has been doing. And Kerryon Johnson was solid, so I think that shows their plans to run it a little bit more. And Matthew Stafford injury risk. There's just a lot of things that I don't like about Hawkinson and Fan. Yeah, same here. So I think that's fair. 19, I've got Jarwin. 20, I've got Ian Thomas. 21, I've got Eric Ebron. 20, or 19 is Blake Jarwin. 22, Jonu Smith. 23, Jay Sternberger. I'll talk about my 24 in a moment, but Chris, do you want to read down 19 through 23? Yeah, at 19, I've got O.J. Howard. 20, O.J. Howard, I think the reason I have him here is I, I feel like I don't trust Gronk, so I think if Gronk doesn't end up working out, then O.J. Howard could be pretty good. Oh, how about this? The New York Giants just signed a uh, Chandler Catanzaro. Ooh, interesting. That's kind of interesting. I feel like that's a pretty good signing. They they got rid of Aldrick Rosas after he got that hidden run violation. Did you hear about that? No, I didn't. He got arrested for a hidden run in a in oh, a crash. Geez, really? Yeah. Wow. So Giants, former Giants players, and uh, former Giants players and Redskins players are getting in trouble this offseason. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, so the, the three people that were on oh, the wait, Giants wait. last year. Wait, you Alex mean Washington Rose- football team, right? Sorry. Oh, we didn't re- talk about that. We didn't talk about their new name. I mean, that doesn't oh, yeah. really affect fantasy, though. But, um, yeah. Yeah, they did change their name to Washington football team. I don't really like it. I, no one likes it. I mean, it's, it's, it's a tough process to think of a name, so I understand it. But I don't like the name in specific. Mm. Yeah. I, I think that it's kind of funny. Alex Rosas, former Giant, arrested. DeAndre Baker, former Giant, arrested. Cody Latimer, former Giant, arrested. And Quinton Dunbar from the Redskins, arrested. From the Washington football team. Oh, oh my goodness. Sorry. It's, I'm telling you, it's engraved in my mind. The Washington, from a Washington football team. Yes, arrested. All right. So, yeah, let's move on. So, your 19 was Howard. And then... 20 um, is Rudolph. 21 okay. is Ian Thomas. 22, I've got Irv Smith Jr., who I actually don't mind. I think he's a bit of a sleeper, but not. 
I mean, I think that he could have a role, but it's not too likely. Will Disley, who's a deep sleeper, who was really good last year before he had that ACL tear. It was really sad because he was like the number one tight end in fantasy. And then he just dropped off a cliff, obviously, with a torn ACL. He couldn't play for the rest of the season. So that was kind of sad to see him go. Yeah, he's got deep sleeper potential for me. Mm-hmm. He's going undrafted in every league, he, competing with Jacob Hollister and Greg Olson for targets. But, I mean, he has injury risk, yes. But if he doesn't get hurt, he could be a top 12 tight end next year if he plays the whole mm-hmm. season. That's a possibility. He's a very deep sleeper, very boomer bust. Like, he could just be mm-hmm. off the yeah, map next uh-huh. year, too. Definitely. That's okay, why he's uh, And then at 24, I have Chris Herndon because I – put him in there because I think that there's a possibility coming off that uh, rough year with this whole suspension thing that he could have a bounce back, but I don't see it being too likely. There's a possibility though. All right. So yeah, we had some sleepers and busts prepared, but we already went over them. My sleeper was Hayden Hurst. My bust was Noah Fant, but Chris, your sleeper was Eric Ebron, right? Yeah. I really like Eric Ebron. And then my bust was also Noah Fant. All right, so we will move on to defense. And uh, my first defense, Chris and I disagree on the top defense. Mine is the Pittsburgh Steelers, just because, yes, turnovers can be a fluky thing, but the Pittsburgh Steelers' defense is just all around great, and they were really good at forcing turnovers. I mean, it's very close with them and the 49ers, but just because the 49ers lost to Forrest Buckner last year, I think they'll take a little hit because of that and in their pass rush. The 49ers, or the Steelers, when they added Minka Fitzpatrick last year, they were an insane defense, putting up numbers every single week. And so, and their pass rush is great too. They're just all around great. But I know, Chris, you have the 49ers at one, and I can understand it. Yeah, this was kind of 1A and 1B for me. I think that the uh, 49ers did a good job of getting Javon Kidlaw to shore up the loss of DeForest Buckner, and they're just so talented. I mean, they have so many pieces on the defensive side of the ball. And they have an offense that's going to keep the defense off the field for a good amount of the game. The 49ers were really good at forcing turnovers. They kind of led the – they kind of – they carried them to the Super Bowl for the most part. The 49ers offense was not a Super Bowl team, I mean, unless they had a really good defense, you know? Yeah. So I think that the 49ers, they're just overall really strong, and their defense has been good for a while now. They have a lot of good pieces, and they did. They had a good draft, so it's really close. All right, yeah, I think there's a top five that we need to go over before we can do our sleepers and busts. I guess we've got – I've got the Bills at three, the Ravens at four, and the Patriots at five. Chris, do you have the same? Uh, no, I have the Ravens at three. Ooh, actually, I don't know. I might want to change this. This is really long ago. Okay. But actually, I don't know. I Actually, you know, I'm going to keep it. Actually, yeah, I like it. I have – 49ers at one, Steelers at two, Ravens at three. Then I've got Patriots at four, Vikings at five, and Bills at six. Okay, so um, I think I just think the Vikings lost too many pieces to be. Yeah, I, I that's that's what I'm thinking because this was kind of before all that Viking stuff. I haven't edited my defenses in a while. All right. Well, yeah, I mean, for me, the Bills, their turnovers should go up from last year, and they were already pretty mm-hmm. dominant last year, so I think they should be good. The Ravens, they lost C.J. Mosley, and Patrick Queen isn't the same player for me, but he's still pretty good, and I'll save the Patriots for our sleepers and bust segment. Yeah, I've got the uh, the Ravens at three. I've got the Bills at five. I have the Patriots at four because I think that they scored so many touchdowns and they got so many intercept- interceptions. Uh, that's going to really be the only bright spot. So I think that I, – I think that – I don't know. I don't really know. I just – they were so good last year, and they didn't – nothing too big has changed. So I think that that's going to continue. I think that there will be a little bit of regression just because the uh, offense isn't going to be on the field for long, so the Patriots are going to have to have some good defense. But they – I mean, that 
they're going to have to have the defense out a lot, but I think that the defense is going to maybe have to take a step up, which could help with their fantasy value because they know they're going to have to play better than ever before to help the Patriots get some wins. Yeah, that's true. But I just think the Patriots are my bust because last year they had such an easy schedule. They really sort of petered out at the end of the year and they're not really going to keep up their absurd turnover rates and stuff. I think it's just, it's bound to go down. They're my number five defense. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say they're a bust for me, but I'd say that there's a regression. Okay, yeah, I mean, for me, defenses should never really be drafted that high because we saw mm-hmm. the Chicago Bears really fall off a yeah. cliff when they were being drafted in, like, the 10th, 11th rounds in some leagues, maybe even higher. That's just ridiculous because you saw how the Bears burned so many teams. Mm-hmm. Defenses are just too fluky to draft high for me. So yep. why don't we read down the rest of our list before we go to sleepers and busts? Um, we did our top 12 because 12 defenses should be drafted in a 12-team league. Um, I've got Bears at 6, Chargers at 7, Vikings at 8, Chiefs at 9, Saints at 10, Titans at 11, and Eagles at 12. Chris, what do you have? I have Bears at 7, Chargers at 8, Chiefs at 9, Titans at 10, Saints at 11, and New York Jets at 12. Okay, yeah, I dropped the Jets out of my top 12. I had them at 9, but I dropped them out once Jamal Adams left. But they're pretty close to the top 12 for me because they're good defensive line. Yeah, I think that this kind of... The Jets make or break top 12 is really Quinton Williams, and I think that he's going to have a bit of a bounce back here. I mean, he's really struggled in his rookie uh, in his rookie season, and I think that he's going to put together a better season this year. It's not going to be great. Obviously, the loss of Jamal Adams hurts. Hopefully, Bradley McDougal can hold down some portion so that they don't totally collapse. But I think that if they, if they stay strong and their secondary stays okay, I think that they have the front to make them a top 12 because they can get some sacks. Yeah, I mean, they could th- – that's fair. They're borderline, they're in, maybe a little bit out, a little bit outside for me. Yeah, and they're in a division where the, where the offenses aren't too strong. I mean, the Patriots are going to be worse. The Dolphins are mad. The Bills aren't, like, insane. They're pretty good, but they're not insane. So I think that they're not dealing with too much tough offense in their division. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I would say – so we'll move on to uh, values. And I would say the Steelers – are my value, except that defenses go too high in the first place. So the Steelers may not be that much of a value. They are if, like, your league is actually sane about defenses because they are the number one defense, in my opinion. Um, so is it my sleeper, I didn't really have any sleepers in my top 12. Like, there's no teams that I really loved as a sleeper. However, if you're looking for a team outside of the top 12 for some reason um, – Check out the Washington football team. I think they're really, they really have a chance to get a lot better this year. They're switching to a 4-3 scheme from a 3-4. They're trying to become more aggressive because we saw last year their defense wasn't living up to their talent, mainly because pass rushers Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Matt Ioannidis weren't being aggressive enough in the blitz. I feel like they couldn't get pressure on quarterbacks, mm-hmm. and this in turn hurt their secondary. Their communication was just awful. But this the team's talent, is so good. Yeah. They could be mm-hmm. a top 12 defense. And I now mean, they have Chase a, Young. Yeah, they got Chase Young. They had a new defensive coach in Jack Del Rio, who's led many top defenses. I totally agree, Calvin. Landon Collins is at safety. They got they have him. They signed Kendall Fuller at cornerback. They have Chase Young and Montez Sweat, two young edge rushers. Young should take the pressure off defensive guys like Deron mm-hmm. Payne, Jonathan Allen, Matt Ioannidis, looking to take it to the next level in terms of pressure. Ryan Kerrigan's a good Brett veteran presence in line as a linebacker and an edge rusher they signed Thomas Davis as a guy who at least can mentor the young guys he's very old mm-hmm. right now 16 yeah. year vet I think but um they signed him as a good mentor Fabian Moreau is a decent cornerback who can line up across from Fuller overall this defense has got some potential 
Yeah, I'd say my sleeper is the Tennessee Titans, but this kind of is more of a va- it's it's kind of a a bit of a value and a bit of a sleeper. I I would definitely agree though. The Redskins are one of my favorite sleepers as well Washington on the defense team. Oh my goodness, sorry, it is like engraved in my mind. This is funny. I I cannot get that out of my head. I'm gonna have to like write on the. I'm gonna have to do the te- thing in the in the movies when the teacher gets mad at you and makes you write Washington football team a hundred times on the chalkboard. You know. Yeah, you're gonna have to do that after <laughs> class. Yeah, after class, Cal- Calvin's secretly my – he's my fantasy teacher, except – Yeah, oh, yes, you finally admit it. No, Let's go. Calvin, 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 you don't know what I was about to say, though. The teacher – I mean, the student has become the teacher. Bang. The stu- Wait, what? No, that didn't happen. Yes, that's how it's worked. So Calvin taught me how to play fantasy football a few years ago. He led me down the path, and now I have just surpassed him. Really? <laughs> We'll Anyways, I year. love the Titans defense next year. They have a really good secondary and they have a, a medium level up front. They are struggling in the linebacker position, but they're going to run the clock out so much. I mean, they run like practically every single play. The clock is going to be ticking on the offensive side of the ball. Defense isn't going to have to play that much. I mean, it's as simple as that. And then when they do, I really like people like Kevin Byard, who I think is a real star. It's, he's really undervalued. I don't think a lot of people know about them. Uh, I think they lost Jarrell Casey, which is a bit of a hit to that defense, but I think that they'll rebound nicely, and I think that they're in line for a solid season. Yeah, I like the Titans next year. Um, For me, yeah, Derrick Henry's going to definitely chew up some clock, running the ball often on offense. So we can go to kicker now, I think. Uh, My my bust uh, defense was the Bears, by the way, who I just think are going to continue to fall and fall and fall because they just don't. They're, it's more a name recognition thing because since they had Khalil Mack, they were really good, but now with Mack gone. Well, you have them at seven. I mean, that's, I feel like where people mostly have them though. So, I, I, mean, I, I know. I still think they're going to be good. I, when I say bust, I don't mean like, actually, I, I mean, I could see them going lower, but there's just kind of a drop off between like the Vikings and the Chargers. And I feel like the Bears still fit in there because they still have some defense. But I just yeah, feel like they're true. busting for some people are taking them under name recognition as like the third or fourth defense, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that, that definitely could happen from a couple of years ago. I could see it. So we'll go to kicker now. And uh, before we wrap up, we got our kickers. So I think we'll let's go through the top five or so, and then we can read down the rest of the list. Yeah, so Kevin, I think you have Butker at one, right? Yeah, Harrison Butker of the Kansas City Chiefs. He was number one last year. There's no reason for that to change. Kickers are very predictable, which is why you can draft mm-hmm. them a few rounds earlier, in my opinion, just yeah. because they're so easy to predict. Will Lutz is number two for me, just because the Saints' offense is so good. So those are my top two guys. Yeah, I, I think the thing with me and Will Lutz and Justin Tucker is, I think that Justin Tucker is obviously the most talented quarterback in the NFL. I mean, not quarterback, <laughs> uh, kicker. No, Justin Tucker is the new most talented quarterback. Yeah, honestly, definitely. I think – He's had a lot of practice on those fake kicks, you know, and he's become top quarterback. But uh, anyways, he's the top kicker, obviously, in my opinion. I mean, not, I guess you could argue that, but I think it's pretty obvious. He's so good from deep, and I think that that's going to gain him some points, especially in a league if you get more points, which I think our league does for longer kicks. Yeah. Right? So uh, I think that that's going to help him. And I think that the Ravens' offense is just a bit worse than the Saints. I mean, they have Lamar Jackson. There's so many people. You know, so I think that their offense is a bit worse, but I think that Justin Tucker is a better kicker and he's going to hit some longer field goals and that's going to put him ahead of Will Lutz, who I think is not as nearly as talented as Justin Tucker is, but he's still good. That's fair. I mean, I'll talk about Tucker in a moment. 
Uh, my number four, I'll just read down my list, Chris, and then you can do yours. Number four for me is Matt Gay. He's in a high-powered offense in Tampa Bay with all those high-powered wide receivers. He was really performing last year. Number five is Greg Zerline. He's got a huge leg. Robbie mm-hmm. Gold is six. Young Way Koo is seven, who I'll talk about in a second. Uh, Zane Gonzalez is eight. Matt Prater is nine. Michael Bagley is 10. Joey Sly is 11. And Chris Boswell is 12 for me. Yeah, for me, it's uh... – it's got to be actually. Let me let me edit something. I actually forgot about young. How do you spell his name? Uh, young. It, it your Y O U N G H O E. Young way. Okay, Koo. got it. Thank you. Right. Yeah, I, and I then it's Ku K O O. Okay, I had no idea how to spell his first name. Sounds a lot different than it's spelled. Uh, I've got Greg Zerline at four because. The, for some reason, the Rams just kick a lot of field goals. I don't know why. Well, Greg Zerline's on Dallas, though. Oh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Sorry. Well, Dal- I mean, Dallas kicks a lot of field goals, too. That kind of stays true. That's kind of funny. Yeah. I actually forgot about that, but I when I made the original ranking, I had that in mind. But, yeah, I still agree. Dallas kicks a lot of field goals, and they have an even better offense. He has a really good leg from deep. He's been good for a few years now. He's very consistent. He makes all his field goals, and he consistently puts up high fantasy numbers, so I think that'll continue. Five, I've got Matt Gay, and I think that he'll – he's really – he's a good kicker, and he's in a totally high-powered offense, so that's going to lift him. Mm-hmm. And then uh, at six, I've got Zane Gonzalez, who I really like next year. I love Zane Gonzalez as a good, as a good kind of uh, – I have him as my sleeper, even though he's not really a sleeper. I think that he's just a value, a really good value. Yeah, I think he's a boom more than a sleeper. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robbie Gold, I've got at seven. Crosby at eight. Michael Badgley at nine. Joey Sly at ten. Dan Bailey at eleven, and Youngway Koo at twelve. All right, so my sleeper, <laughs> we'll go to. Oh, he sneezed. Wow, I'm not gonna edit that <laughs> out. <laughs> now, now that I mentioned it, I can't edit it out. All right, so my sleeper is Youngway Koo. Like I said earlier, I've got him at number seven. And most people even have him going undrafted. I love Young Waku so much. I'm definitely going to draft him as my kicker next year. Just because last year when he came in as the Falcons' kicker, he was putting up points every single game. The Falcons were kicking so many field goals. He was the number one kicker in the second half of the season or around the – I think when he first came in. From when he first came in to the end of the season, he was the number one kicker. He was averaging so many more points than anyone else. It was just absolutely ridiculous what he was putting up. And, guys, yes, he's number seven for me. That sounds high. But the number one kicker, there's a lot of regression for that, that, for that to become number seven. The Falcons added Todd Gurley, which is going to only help Koo. And, num- yes, he, he was, again – the number one kicker it, since he took over yeah, the I mean, job. It was not Justin Tucker. It was not Will Lutz. It was not Harrison Butker. It wasn't Greg Zerline. It was Young Way Koo. That's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. He is yeah. my number seven guy. He, he's, I like just, Koo not as much as you. I, I like him better than most people do because I even have him in my rankings. I, I just like don't, Koo I not don't as much trust as you. I like him better than most people do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a, he's a poet, but he doesn't even know it. hey whoa that rhymes too that's the point yeah i know okay anyways i i like ku most more than most people do uh (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh oh, calvin i figured out our thing you know you know how how harris has been telling us to like all the advice we've gotten for our podcast is kind of find our own unique like uh our own niche sort of yeah, I mean, well, and Christopher, it's, it's it's my rhymes. We can just make everything rhyme, right? 
maybe. <laughs> I don't know about that. Christopher Harris was on our show a couple no, weeks ago. No, I'm just ago. kidding. Yeah. He gave us you some advice. Check out that episode. He's he's a really nice guy and it was good to have him on. He gave us some really good advice too. So hopefully we can continue to grow the podcast for you guys. Uh, yeah. I have Koo at uh, 12. Like I said, most people don't have him that high. Don't have him in their rankings. But uh, I like him. I just don't trust the Falcons offense enough. I like his ability as a kicker, not necessarily offenses. And kicking reply or uh, kicking is so kicking kicker fantasy points are so much determined by that team's offense, and I think that's going to factor in. But I do like him. Uh, yeah, like I said, I've Badgley at eight or at nine, Joey Sly at ten, Dan Billy at eleven, Koo at twelve. Okay. So who's your um, sleeper for this year? Yeah, my sleeper is Mason Crosby, and I think that he's going really – he's going undervalued because he had an off year last year. But you have to remember that he's been a good kicker in the past. And uh, if you're looking for a guy that you can get in the last round of your draft, if you're low at the kicker spot, he's a good guy that I like. Uh, I think that the Packers' offense is still pretty good. They still have Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, uh, Aaron Rodgers, good weapons. I think that that's just going to support him. I feel like he had an off year. I, I kind of feel like last year was an outlier for some reason because he's been really good in the past. For some reason, he struggled last year. I think that he's going to have a bit of a rebound year, so I think that he's a a deep sleeper for me. I mean, or, it wasn't like he just struggled in fantasy. He struggled in the NFL. He yeah, was that's not what very I'm saying. Accurate. That's what I'm saying. I, he wasn't I think, very – I think he's on the decline. I, just, I don't know. I feel like he's going to have a bit of a rebound. Anyways, uh, my bust is Matt Prater, and I just think that I'm worried about – the Detroit Lions, if they if they lose Matthew Stafford again, I'm really worried about them. I'm not that worried, mainly because Prater's specialty is long kicks. Where yeah, but we... Prater is also getting really old too. Eh, how old? I don't I think, think he's getting like old. I think he's going on forty. I think. Really? I don't know about yeah. that. Yeah. Let's see. I'll have to look that up. My bust though he's is thirty-five um... years. So yeah, he's getting old. Okay, but that's not too old for a kicker. My bust is Justin Tucker. And this the only reason is people take Tucker as the number bust. one kicker. What? I'd say an, an, an overvalue. No, a bust. Because people take Justin Tucker as the number but one kicker. Then they take, it, they take him in like the eighth round. Meanwhile, he's the no, he finished as the number three kicker. Butker finished one last year. Lutz was two. Tucker was a, not a distant third, but he was like 10 points back. So that's – and that was with Lamar Jackson having like an insane season. So I think that's Tucker will stay at number three. Bust is people are overvaluing him and taking him too high. That's they are bust. people to consistently yeah, take Tucker I know. in the that's, 10s so that's or 11th rounds. So he's being overvalued because of name recognition. He's not going to bust. A bust is where, like, where he's most people like your normal person is going. Most people aren't taking him. In your normal casual point. fantasy person is taking no, Tucker as the taking, number. He's not taking. No, he's not. Or she, no, but like he or she is taking Tucker early because they're the number one kicker. And the number one kicker, there's always that team that takes him. And the, the number one kicker a few rounds earlier. And since he's a consensus number so it, one, it's kicker, an overvalued. He's, he's the most gonna, talented kicker in the league, but he's, he's not gonna overvalued. Bust. You can't have a, a number your number three kicker and call him a bust. Okay, well, That's maybe more like an overvalue then. Yeah. But, uh, yes, I do agree that he could definitely be overvalued. That is it for the episode then. Thank you for wow. downloading and listening as always. If you want to check out our rankings and articles, you can go to sites.google.com slash view slash fantasy. If you want to email us with questions about fantasy football, do so at secondandgoalfantasy at gmail.com. Um, also, you can follow us on Twitter at SGFpod, and so make sure to do that. If you want to follow our live show, 
uh, with ranking or no, with our live show, with golf broadcasts, baseball broadcasts, weekly sports talk shows, different stuff like that. You can go to sportscastr.com slash SG sports talk. That's sportscastr.com slash SG sports talk. Um, you can also download the Sportscaster app the way I spelled it. Search up SG Sports Talk and channels. You'll find us. We're called Second and Goal Sports Talk. And, um, yeah, so we we might be doing a fantasy football marathon in that channel on a couple weeks. Uh, we'll keep you guys updated on that. And um, if you want to follow our uh, live show on Twitter, you can do so at SG Sports Talk. If you want to see our articles about all sports on TechMoHole, it's a site called TechMoHole, T-E-C-M-O-H-O-L-E. You can go to tecmoholecom slash author slash Calvin K for my articles or tecmoholecom slash author slash Christopher for Chris's articles. And mm-hmm. so make sure to check that out. If you want, make sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Keep downloading on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, wherever you're listening. Um, if you have questions for our live show, you can email us at talk at gmail.com. That's talk at gmail.com. So, yeah, that's it. Any last words, Chris? <laughs> what is this a death sentence? Any last words? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I think it was a good episode. Yeah, about an hour long, maybe a little more. We jam-packed it with information. That was very fun. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next time.